10 takeaways. Woo! Not as many games. Not as many games with the bye weeks as uh, we typically have. It's not as much interesting action to talk about. Not as many interesting scenarios unfolding. But there is... There was stuff, right? There's stuff. There's stuff to talk about. There's a lot of stuff. Upset week. Upset week. I love just you know looking at the scores uh, with my daughter. She knows all the standings, and we just talk about the the games at a high level. Hey, what's going on with play, uh, Team X, Player Y? What's happening, right? And uh, you know, she's like, "Oh my God!" She's one of these people where she's so new to football, she hasn't seen the things we've seen. Like we've seen a lot of things. We've seen some things. Oh, we've seen some things. Oh, we've seen some crazy things, right? So when a team is five and zero. Oh, a kid just thinks they're going to be 6-0 and automatically. If they're 5-0, and of course they're going to be 6-0. and Which makes sense, right? If they've won all these games leading up to now, why wouldn't they just win the next game? It'd be weird if they didn't, especially if the team they were playing had a backup quarterback or something crazy, right? You know, Zach Wilson. How would it be possible? And then you see, oh, there's the Browns. There's the Browns winning, taking out an undefeated team. Oh, there's the Jets winning, taking out an undefeated team and what do these teams have in common what what do these teams have in common a lot a lot the, the it turns out the jets and the browns were the same team and it was almost the same score 1917 20 to 16 20 to 14 right it just made sense home teams with great defenses are the best possible underdogs to bet on so when you look up and you see that there is a home dog getting more than seven points automatically that's probably the best bet that's almost always the best bet and it's like because it's like wow it's so hard it's hard to put money down on zach wilson i just can't do it i just pj walker really and it's like the names the pukey names of the backup quarterback are the reason why the line has shifted so much. It's the reason why the odds have tilted. So take advantage of that. The reason why the Browns were going to win was never P.J. Walker. And the reason why the Jets were going to win was never Zach Wilson. It was going to be the defense. It was going to be a special teams touchdown. It was going to be a defensive turnover. It was going to be a low-scoring game. And guess what? Only one of those four teams scored 20 points, and it was the Jets. And they barely got there. They got the 20 points, right? So when you see a low game total, because it's like, hey, there's not a lot of points being scored. How that In a low game total, a 10-point spread is a much wider disparity than a 10-point spread with a 53-point total. If you have a 53-point total, 10-point win one way or the other is straightforward. If the total's 38 and a half, and a team is favored by nine and a half on the road. It's just, it's such an easy bet. It's the easy automatic bet. It feels the pukiest, and that that's how you know it's the best. That's so, so it was an, it was the sharp sports gamblers made a lot of money this week. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. When when the big home dogs come through, right? You you don't need to win every week when you're betting on the NFL. You don't even need to win every other week, right? Because you're betting things like the Browns' money line with P.J. Walker at home, the Jets' money line 
with Zach Wilson. So you could lose money for two, three, four straight weeks, knowing that yeah, I've I've got I've I've got a week coming in where I'm just you're doing the chalk picks. This is not news. Like I'm not telling any. I'm not, this is not a betting show, right? I'm not a betting show, right? We talk about the lines sometimes more with Anand you know, season totals than week to week, right? There's only 17,000 betting shows on YouTube, okay? But I do know core principles of betting, and that is you find the game with the, 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 the home dog getting the most points, and you put your chips down on that one, and then you kind of move around from there, right? And the more the narrative shifts against that home team and the pukier it looks, the grosser you feel betting it, that means you need to bet more. That's that's the principle. That's a core principle of betting that we can all live by forever. It's never changed. Every year, I'm like, okay, this is the year. Maybe, maybe these road favorites go into bad weather situations against great defenses and somehow cover nine and a half. No, like, oh, this is hindsight. No, this is something. This is a rule of thumb every year. This is not new. This is not something I just came up with today. Talking about it every year on the show. Now let's talk about battle. I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Battle is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to battle.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Battle.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. In the chat, the glasses I'm wearing make me look like Jeffrey Dahmer. Thank you for that. Jeffrey Dahmer glasses are in. They're in, actually. We've talked about this, I think, before. So this is the final time I'll say it. This is the last time I'll mention it. I got these glasses 10 years ago, way before they were cool. And my family calls them the jerk glasses whenever I'd wear them. Like, you look like a jerk. Why are you wearing those? You look like a jerk. And it's a funny thing. I asked recently. I was like, hey, everybody, I haven't gotten the, uh, the jerk comments about these glasses anymore. I'm like, oh, no, they're cool now. They're cool now. Okay, so we're just going with the wind here, right? Maybe I liked them when I got them, and I didn't care if it was a trend at the time. And now suddenly I found myself in the middle of a trend. I'm going to feel good about that. And I'm going to tell everyone to eat it. That's what I do. That's what we do, right? Now... The NFL made so many sports bettors whole that know what they're doing, right? And all the fish lost a lot of money on the 49ers. <laughs> it's just the worst bet. The, the Eagles of the 49ers, there were such bad sucker bets, right? Those Imagine taking the money line. Imagine taking the, the Niners or the Eagles money lines. I mean, if your friend did that, I know no one listening to this show would do that. But if your friend did that, they cannot be you know, soothed in any way. You need to 
put their face in it. See what you did? This is dumb. What are you doing? There's no way. There's no way. No one even knows. I don't believe anyone in this audience knows anybody that had either the Eagles or the 49ers money line. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Put it in the chat. If, if you do, put it in the chat, but I don't believe it. Even if you put it in the chat, I'm not going to 100% believe it. I just can't. I, I couldn't. The NFL also not fair, though, right? Fair to the savvy sports bettors, fair to the sharps, unfair to the players. Justin Fields. Why? Why? The kid was rolling. He was finally putting everybody's face in it. For the first time, he's like, I got this, everybody. I'm not the quarterback that I was sold to be by so many analysts. I can throw the ball. I can be trusted. And then, oh, it, of course, of co- of all the injuries, it's one of these sprained thumbs. And then it's like, well, it's, it's going to be a grip issue, a pain tolerance issue. And just throw your hands up in the air. You throw it because it's just so unfair they're going to put him in this situation and then they're going to make him play without having a proper grip and he's going to underperform he's going to turn the ball over it's going to be a fumble it's going to be a fumble return for a touchdown the other way and then they're going to have all these questions is it the thumb is it him he doesn't deserve this it's infuriating i could see it all coming He's doubtful. Thankfully, he's doubtful for week seven. When he comes back in week eight, week nine, and he turns the ball over a bunch, just wait. Just wait. Unfair. Unfair what they're doing to this man. Though I will say, with Roshan Johnson, very fair. So I was very, I was thrilled to see Roshan Johnson not play. And I know you're like, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. You said pick him up off the waiver wire. And I said, yeah, I said, pick him up off the waiver wire because I was under a different operating assumption. I've now changed my operating assumption. Roshan Johnson changed my programming. The programming's been changed. Okay. From now on, I will never, I repeat never. And, and, and it doesn't matter if the guy played on Thursday and had 11 days to prepare uh, his brain to be fully ready to play. I, even if a guy is a bye week coming up, I can promise you at no point will that player be at the top of my waiver wire ads. Oh, no, 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 no. Not if he had a concussion. The NFL is proving that there is now a zero. I mean, name the player. Name the player that was concussed the previous week and then came back and played. Put that in the chat. I imagine there's a couple. I I recall one or two. The names are not coming to me at the moment. The chat can help me. There's anyone that was concussed and then played the following week, but I can promise you it's nothing like we saw even three years ago. Three years ago, that player usually played the next week. Now, they never play. They never play. So the the moment I saw a concussion, should just scratch that guy off. We're not picking him up or if we're picking him up, we're not putting any kind of significant bid down or putting him high on the rankings for the the waiver wire pickups now last week the waiver wire uh was very tricky right demarcado no no wasn't wasn't the starter no it was more Keontae ingram than demarcado so that wasn't good Uh, roshan johnson no right jeff wilson no 
right? So all these options, all these options that I saw across the industry, right? In high stakes leagues, he's talking to Theo. He's like, oh, there's a lot. There's big bids on Demarcado out there. Everyone's trying to get uh, Jeff Wilson. These are the these are the popular pickups by the 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 high stakes players that are looking a week ahead. And uh, and then I asked him. I said, well, what about what about Chuba Hubbard? What about Chuba Hubbard? Because that's the guy I've been posting up every week. What about Chuba Hubbard? For some reason, Chuba Hubbard checks more boxes than those fringe players. I'm just learning about who this Demarcado guy is. But I've known who Chuba Hubbard is since he was a 2,000-yard rusher at Oklahoma State. And I just refuse to move anybody ahead of him on my list of priorities for the waiver wire right it's like you're gonna get him if you follow our waiver wire show advice you're gonna get chuba hubbard you may not get jeff wilson right we put a fair bid down hey if you want jeff wilson this is what you're gonna have to bid but be prepared to not get him demarcado you're not gonna get him in high stakes not for what i was recommending but every week who's the guy you're getting it's besides roshan <laughs> roshan <laughs> Roshan's not working out. So we have some running backs that we like that I believe will have big weeks and big seasons in their future. Just haven't delivered yet. Right. Roshan Johnson's top of the list. And I was more confident though about Chuba Hubbard, knowing that there's only black shear behind him and that they've been giving him, you know, almost the same number of touches if not more touches in some games than Miles Sanders, and he's been more efficient with those touches, and so just get it over with. Eventually, there's going to be an injury to Sanders, who has the weakest ankles in the NFL, or they're just going to decide, hey, listen, we're trying to win games. We, we, I know that it would be best if we tank, but we can't tank because we're a, a team of players, and their next contracts are at stake, and so we, we need to try to win games. We need to try to score points, and Chuba Hubbard's the best path to that. So I I was I was thrilled to see Hubbard go off 19 carries, 88 yards, a touchdown, and he looks the part. He looks the part. He looks the part more than Jeff Wilson will ever look. He looks the part more than even Jordan Mason does. <laughs> Much more than Demarcado, right? He doesn't. He looks like an NFL bell cow. That's what you look. And also, Roshan Johnson also looks the part. So Chuba Hubbard and Roshan Johnson looked the part. Chuba. Beating Roshan, though, though, it was a good sign that Dante Foreman posted seven fantasy points, was not special in any way, and so the door remains wide open for Roshan to come back from the concussion next week, assuming Khalil Herbert's still out for a week or two. So, if Roshan Johnson is dropped, pick him up. And I can't believe Sky Moore, looking at the snap data from last week, shocked Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez Scantling outsnapped Rashi Rice, though Rashi Rice did outsnap Kadarius Tony. So there's, it's like, it's, it's, it's very much like the American judicial system, the American government. You're gonna get some wins, but it's never gonna be everything. It's like, oh, the the ruling came down, and the good guys kind of won, right? Oh, we got uh, reforms, but only for this group of people. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, thank you for marginalizing Kadarius Tony and realizing he's no good. But can we just get it over with and get Rashi Rice to be the snap leader and never put him up? Why would you ever have a snap without Kelsey and Rice 
on the field. It doesn't make sense. Because Rice also holds defenses accountable. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling is out there, I don't care if I'm a defender. It's not, I'm not, he's not keeping me honest. Jackson Smith and Jigba, playing plenty of snaps, got some targets. Was relatively efficient with those targets. 44 yards, not bad. Not bad, but the target share is so dominated by Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf that the year could expire and we have no breakout performances by Jackson Smith and Jigba. We're now six weeks in and there's not a single boom performance ceiling outcome from Jackson Smith and Jigba. And even though he was more productive than he's been typically, the concern level continues to go up. It's not that, oh, he gave us a taste, right? That, that doesn't satiate me. With Jackson Smith and Jigba, I need to see a ceiling performance in order to feel better about him. Otherwise, my concern level is still high. I mean, it's not as high as, say, my concern level about uh, Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> Kenneth Walker. I mean, Kenneth Walker eats faces for breakfast. Zach Charbonnet, he's, he's, Zach Charbonnet could be the host of a morning show with that smile, you know, but that's not, that's not the guy in the trenches. The guy in the trenches that you want is Kenneth Walker. 17 fantasy points from Kenneth Walker, three fantasy points for Zach Charbonnet, right? Oh, why don't you have Zach Charbonnet as one of your top handcuffs? Where, where he at? Why do you have Chuba Hubbard? This was what Reddit told me. I, I, I posted my top six. Fantasy handcuffs, non-starters, backups, whatever, how do you want to call them, right? Well, one of them was Kenneth Gainwell, and Kenneth Gainwell, technically the starter at the time, till he was injured, but there were multiple running backs being drafted before Kenneth Gainwell. So process-wise, those that drafted Rashad Penny, those are the, those, those are the people that should be ashamed. Right, if you drafted either Swift or Gainwell, process was good. The pass catching running back who could eventually take over as the, as the as the the bell cow, be efficient, give you those ceiling performances, help you win your league. That's DeAndre Swift. That's Kenneth Gainwell. That ain't Rashad Penny. Okay, so Gainwell was on that list, even though technically he was getting the reps with the ones in training camp, but. The player with the prestige was DeAndre Swift, so we considered Gainwell a handcuff or a backup running back and put him on the list with Chuba Hubbard and left off Charbonnet. And the Reddits, the Redditites, the Redditors, whoever they are, nameless, faceless, anonymous, troll dicks, thundered in. The Podfather doesn't know what he's talking about. Why is Chuba Hubbard even on this list? Chuba Hubbard doesn't belong on this list. And Zach Charbonnet does. So the biggest objection was, you have Chuba Hubbard on this list over Zach Charbonnet, and, and that discredits this sleeper running back list on Reddit. So Reddit can eat it. All of you faceless, nameless, anonymous buzzards on the Reddit platform can suck it. Can suck it so hard suck it until you can't breathe and then take a breath of course but for that moment though 
I remember I was right. You were Hubbard. And B. John Robinson. Oh, B. John, we're going to be right two ways. I love being right two ways. Being right two ways feels so good. It's the best thing. Being right two ways. Amazing. It's like when you get, I love that dish at a restaurant. You go to a fancy restaurant, you can get, uh, you know, uh, pork chop two ways. And then they, they prepare it two different ways. And it's fun, right? It's like two dishes for one. Bijan Robinson, we're going to be right two ways. 12 fantasy points. Should you have drafted him in the first round? Absolutely not. It never made any sense to draft a rookie running back in the first round. We're going to learn that lesson all over again. We're learning it again. Here we go. <laughs> it's like every summer we were like, we're going to, they're going to learn this lesson again, aren't they? Yep. Get ready. We've seen this movie before, but I've also seen this movie where the rookie running back takes time to get fully acclimated and that show you the signs that they're going to have these big boom performances and totally explode onto the league and eight targets and in comeback mode, a season high 45 routes run for Bijan Robinson tells me that yes, you were right to avoid him in the first round and draft Stephon Diggs and I'm on Ross St. Brown and AJ Brown. We all did that and we're all profiting, but now is the time. Now is the time to trade for B. John Robinson in your seasonal league. Now is the time to put out that warm offer, that warm conversation. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even do it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even submit an offer yet. You don't submit a cold offer for B. John Robinson. You put out a warm offer and that's, that's a, a request for a conversation. That's what you submit. You text your friend or colleague or brother, sister who has Bijan Robinson, and you ask him how, how they're doing and, and see if you can see if you can acquire Bijan Robinson. See if you can. Now is the time. Super active in the passing game. He's more active in the passing game than Kyle Pitts. The worst thing that happened to Kyle Pitts was the drafting of Bijan Robinson. Hurts Kyle Pitts because Tight ends operate in the middle of the field, short, intermediate, quadrants. So that zone of the field is shared with Bijan Robinson. But with Drake London, see, he's operating on the perimeter and he has the whole perimeter to himself. That's the beauty of it. Now, another player that we were right two ways about is also a buy low right now because Gabriel Davis is one of these players that nobody likes. And as soon as he puts up a dud performance, especially if someone started him, they want to get rid of him. And we said, Gabriel Davis is going to be a giant bust at ADP in 2022. In the fourth round, he was steamed up to the second round in those drafts that happened after the Thursday night game. That's the thing that happened. And then he slips into the seventh round, eighth round this year. And it's like, hey, push the button on Gabriel Davis. I see a bunch of uh, FFPC teams from Billy Muzio and Adam Krautwurst and Theo Greminger, and who they have on him. Oh, Gabriel Davis, right? So again, he was a buy this year, a sell last year, and we're going to be right two ways on Gabriel Davis. He is a buy right now also. He's a buy right now after the dud performance. Drake London got the 12 targets, but that was because they were in comeback mode. And spoiler alert, there's not going to be a lot of points scored next week. Okay, so next week they face the Buccaneers. I think the total is like 38 and a half. So don't expect 12 targets from Drake London again. But because he's hogging so much of the target share, just like he did last year, and the air yard share, he is a strong hold. 
He's a stronghold. If you are going to put him on the block, make sure you're getting full freight. At this point, I would ask for full freight plus. So no one's getting Drake London from me. No, I mean, it was a possibility if you, re- if you wanted to give me on par value, it was a possibility you could get him from me a few weeks ago. But now that he's establishing that, okay, he's going to maintain that target share and air yard share from last year. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Not getting him. Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson is a joke. Jahan Dotson had like one target. Jahan Dotson either isn't right or isn't good. It's one of the two. Okay. And it's, it's an interesting profile. We talk about rules of thumb all summer. Types of players we're into, types of players that we're, we're not into. Okay, Not into Christian Watson. Why? Because he just gave you that one month where it was boom, 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 and then it was nothing on both sides of that month. And a lot of touchdowns that month. A lot of touchdowns, seven touchdowns for Jahan Dotson. It's like, well, there's going to be touchdown regression. So now you have to prove to me that the volume is going to be able to outweigh the touchdown regression. And there's no way that's going to happen with Jahan Dotson, especially after he wasn't even efficient last year. He just had some fun touchdowns. Just like Christian Watson had some fun touchdowns. Fun touchdowns are not a reason to draft a guy. They feel good. I know it felt good to draft Jahan Dotson, and I, I certainly, especially talking to Theo, I always felt like a, you know, a, a real, you know, crank. It's like, why can someone explain to me this fascination with Jahan Dotson? How is he getting steamed up into this Gabriel Davis zone? You know, Gabriel Davis is on the Bills, guys, and Jahan Dotson wasn't any more efficient than Gabriel Davis last year. One guy has the clear number two role in the offense behind Stephon Diggs. The other guy's in the mix with Curtis Samuel and other guys. It never made any sense. So now, what are you going to get for Jahan Dotson? His dynasty value is in free fall as it should be. Saquon Barkley, 29 touches. But he's a giant. So the problem with a running back on a bad team is you have 29 touches, 13 fantasy points. And you might say, well, okay, well, it's a tough matchup. Well, it wasn't that tough. The Bills aren't as, as tough against running backs as some other teams. The Giants face the Commanders, stout front seven, then the Jets. So, uh, mm, 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 I think eventually they face the Raiders in a few weeks. What is that, that going to be, November 5th? What? Right? It, if you could sell anyone on Saquon Barkley, this is a sell-high moment on the fact that he got all the volume. He put up almost a hundred yards. He's back. This is he's got the he's got the name recognition. This is a sell high moment for Saquon Barkley. This team is not getting any better. The offensive line is not going to improve. This is the one thing we know that teams cannot wave a magic wand and fix their offensive line. And they can't wave a magic wand and change the schedule, right? And also you can't wave a magic wand on Jalen Hyatt and make him good at football. I heard, oh, his snaps keep going up. Jalen Hyatt's about to about to happen. Maybe, maybe again, maybe maybe against the Commanders, that would be the week, right? Like there are some teams where you know they have a stout front seven and a weak secondary. Okay, well that would be the week to play that quarterback. That would be the week to play that you know Daniel Jones or <laughs> whoever the quarterback is for the Giants. Tyrod, hey, Jalen Hyatt streamer, maybe, right? So I could see. In DFS, some people getting excited about Jalen Hyatt. I can see it. I can see it. 
That game is a 1 o'clock game. So there's going to be some Jalen Hyatt played in DFS. You betcha. And that's just not going to be me. Because I used to do a DFS show with Dario on Roto-Grinders. And and with Eric Bimefort. And I would always talk to Eric and say, Hey, Eric, um, you know, can I ask you a, a, a favor? You can pass this on to all the other DFS grinders at Roto Grinders. Can you guys just wait a week until these guys do something? Because there's plenty of value wide receivers that are sub 4K on DraftKings that we've seen 100 yards and a touchdown from at some point in their career. Can we just, can we just wait and see maybe if this guy's capable? Once and then we can go from there. Oh, is that that much to ask? So that's I would not not run out and play Jalen Hyatt, though though I am predicting he will be a popular DFS punt play wide receiver against Washington. So I get I understand the theory, but my preference for receivers that have ever done anything ever overrides that. And speaking of receivers that have done things. Tyreek Hill is on pace for 120 catches, 2,300 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Right. So we talked about who's the 2,000-yard who's the receiver. I said, hey, Jamar Chase. It's all lined up for Jamar Chase. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not with Joe Burrow less than 100%. Their schedule, brutal. Their division, brutal. Not happening. Right? Not happening. It would set up well without Higgins, though. Like The theory, especially if you knew Higgins would miss a bunch of games, you all... Oh, Jamar Chase, 2,000 yards, yes. And wait, let me get this straight. Waddle might miss a game at most, and yet Hill's still on pace for 2,300 yards. Is He's that good? Well, two is good. The offense is good. And Tyreek Hill is exceptional. And he was getting acclimated to new team, new quarterback, new coach last year. So makes some sense that he's even better this year. But if you were drafting a running back in the first round, you took yourself out of the running for Tyreek Hill. I mean, it, maybe you maybe you drafted Christian McCaffrey. Cool. Great. You still don't have Tyreek Hill, right? So every way you look at it, process-wise, Justin Jefferson was the right move, right? Got injured. It happens, right? No matter how you look at it, whether it's process or results, pounding wide receiver early was the move. Let's just remember this. When we, when we head into 2024, just remember, remember this. Like The case for one of these early round running backs has to be so strong. I mean, incredibly strong. I didn't see it in 2023. I, I, I was not convinced, even for McCaffrey. Like, nah, 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 nah. Give me Tyreek Hill. Give me Stephon Diggs. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown. Give me A.J. Brown. Not sorry. We talked about Jordan Mason. Right. And now Jordan Mason is who everyone's talking about. So again, <laughs> we talked about Jordan Mason already earlier. And now we're going to talk about him again. And we're going to talk about him again on the waiver wire show. And you still want to draft a running back in the first round? Because that was the last one, right? We had Saquon go out. We had Eckler go out. We've had Bijan underperforming. But we still had McCaffrey. And now the whole conversation, now in the chat, the question is, well, Mason or what about Elijah Mitchell? Can Elijah Mitchell bring the touch count back into balance? And I think yes. I think he can. He's done it before, right? For years, he was higher on the depth chart than Jordan Mason. He's not an exceptional receiver out of the backfield, 
but he's better than Jordan Mason as a receiver. So, of course, you want both Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell, but Elijah Mitchell is interesting. Elijah Mitchell is is, is not necessarily been banished to a, a clear backup role behind Jordan Mason. He missed a bunch of weeks. He, he's been injured a lot in his career. And like with soccer players, when they come back, oftentimes you know, hey, Gio Reyna is going to play a half. But because he's been injured for the last month, you're only going to get a half out of him, right? So let's bring Elijah Mitchell back slowly. Let's give him some touches. Let's see how he does, see how his body responds. And then it's possible that they turn to the more explosive player for a much higher volume next year and that he outtouches Jordan Mason. It's possible. Week in, week out, I'm still going to bet on the guy that got the touches the previous week. Right? If if I'm betting on who's going to get more touches, Demarcado or Ingram, I'm going Demarcado because that's what he did last week. If I have to bet on who's going to get more touches this coming week, Mason or Mitchell, if McCaffrey misses the game with this oblique injury, I'm going to go Mason, but not with a high degree of confidence. But I will say, higher than my degree of confidence that I had on, on Demarcado. Anytime you're just finding out about a guy for the first time, when you have to look him up on Player Profiler, you've never heard of him. It's not a guy that you can have any kind of confidence in. But Michael Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer was Mr. Football at Notre Dame. And now he's doubling the snaps of Austin Hooper, coming up, having a, a big breakout performance. And what was funny was that Michael Mayer broke out in a week where Dalton Kincaid posted zero catches for for zero yards and zero fantasy points. And I will die. Okay. I will be in the ground buried. Okay. And having lamented this over-reliance on draft capital that so many people have when they're evaluating players like Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid, a, a total black box prospect, have no idea how athletic he actually is. I just know that he looked good in the mountain whack. That's it. You look good against Utah State. Look good against Wyoming. Looked athletic. How athletic is he? No idea. No idea. But but the Bills thought enough of him to draft him in the first round. So that's what matters. As if these teams don't make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake drafting Jameer Gibbs and a linebacker named Campbell when they could have had Christian Gonzalez and Zay Flowers. Come on, come on! But that's the reason why. Oh no, we got to we, we 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 Dalton Kincaid. He needs to be the first rookie tight end off the board. No, Sam Laporta had eleven targets again for no yards. I understand, but wow, right? And now Michael Mayer's like, yeah, I'm Mr. Football. So we have Mr. Football and the most athletic tight end. Well, other than Luke Musgrave, because Luke Musgrave's that much bigger. So when you size adjust, Musgrave's a little bit more athletic than even Laporta. But are we, are we shocked? The two most athletic tight ends, Laporta and Musgrave, of athleticism we can measure, they're breaking out, and now Mayer's breaking out. This is, oh, yeah, this is just... But the draft capital! I'm gonna be dead. I'm gonna be dead, and there's gonna be decades of these shows on YouTube and on the podcast where I insisted... And begged, pleaded with 
fantasy analysts, football analysts, fantasy gamers, everybody to knock it off and stop trusting these teams. You can't trust your fantasy team to an NFL team. You can't allow an NFL front office to wag the dog. But every year we fall for it. No one could explain to me the fascination with Dalton Kincaid. I asked and I asked and he's, he's just, he looks great. He's, he looks great in training camp too. Oh, he looks great. He's making spectacular catches just like Quinton Johnston. Just like, can I see him run? Can I see him jump, please? If tight end athleticism is more predictive than athleticism for any other position, wouldn't you want to know the the athleticism score of a tight end before using first-round draft capital on him? And then all the draft capital zombies will just fall in line and they'll draft Kincaid over Mayer, over Laporta, over Musgrave, against my objections. Listen carefully to these shows that we do. And when I ask these questions, of get, can you explain to me the fascination with Jahan Dotson? Can you explain to me the fascination with Dalton Kincaid? Listen. If they give you metrics and sound arguments that are data-based, then okay. Then we have a conversation. But if it just fades away into narrative and eye test nonsense, that's why you stay away from those players. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is a superstar. He's the superstar that we thought he was in Detroit. Something has happened in Philadelphia. They've gotten through to him. And I also think that the strength and conditioning team with Philadelphia has gotten through to him because Injuries are often a function of strength and conditioning and the most underrated aspect of availability in the NFL is hydration. Hydration. So those players that focus so much on their strength, hydration, and flexibility, that's what that's what Tom Brady talks about. When Tom Brady talks about he he's open about it. Like he's going around talking about what made him successful. And you'll hear him mention hydration. You'll hear him mention flexibility. And the Eagles have the best strength and conditioning and nutrition team in the NFL. And I believe that they got to him. I believe they finally got through to him in a way that Detroit could never get through to him. And Detroit dumped DeAndre Swift for day three picks and then used a first rounder on Jameer Gibbs. Never forget that. Never forget that. Jameer Gibbs (laughs) didn't play, right? They won anyway. Why? Because it doesn't matter, right? But at least you don't want your running back to hurt you. DeAndre Swift actually helps you because he's scoring fantasy points. Even if he's getting walled off in the running game, no problem. I'll score a receiving touchdown. And look at the touches. Targets. He out-targets Kenneth Gainwell 10-2. to two. Carries. Out-carries Kenneth Gainwell 10-2. to two. Just looking at total opportunities, 20-4. to four. If DeAndre Swift, a guy with that kind of talent, gives you, if he's getting, I didn't think this would happen. I didn't see the Eagles giving DeAndre Swift 20 opportunities in a game. I thought he would max out at 15 opportunities. I didn't see it. Nobody did. He was a third rounder. Then all of a sudden he was a fourth rounder. Next thing you know, you look up in the summer, it's going sixth round, seventh round. I mean, such an amazing, the dead zone, right? The running back dead zone. Yeah, it's a dead zone. All right. 
Yeah, I love that dead zone. The dead zone starts. The dead zone starts. Doesn't start with Jameer Gibbs. Oh, no. No. Jameer Gibbs was pre-dead zone. The dead zone starts with, oh, I don't know, uh, Travis Etienne, who's been the most reliable running back in all of fantasy because he's not hurt right now. And he's been producing every week in different ways. Super consistent. <laughs> then Kenneth Walker. Then DeAndre Swift. And you just go down the board. 20 to 4. He outtouched, out opportunityed Kenneth Gainwell. He is a superstar, and they've unlocked him. And they've unlocked him. And that was a, a possibility that I wish that I had seen coming. But this is this is why the Philadelphia Eagles are the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm looking up going, yeah, they lost, but look at look at the players they have. They're healthy. There's so few nagging injuries. And they're they're getting the most out of these guys in a way that other organizations just don't. So you're not allowed to be surprised. The Eagles win the Super Bowl, and one of the reasons is health, availability over everything else. When other teams are suffering from injuries, you look up and, wow, the, the Eagles, they're just they're so healthy. They're so available because the team invested in that, in that aspect of the organization more than any other team in the NFL. There's been countless articles written about it. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, not impressive. Michael Thomas, 45 yards on eight targets. And he's making some history in the yards per target department. His yards per target is so comical. He's almost, it's like a stand-up comedy routine watching Michael Thomas get outproduced by Rashid Shaheed one week. And it's like, hey, he's getting the targets. But they are the emptiest targets that there are. But now, see, you have Derek Carr playing with a sprained AC joint. So he's just throwing to running backs, tight ends. He's throwing short. The, the target depth is not there. He's not 100%. 19 of 22 passes to running backs and tight ends. But he was 13 of 28 when targeting wide receivers. This is bad for Chris Olave. The, the AC joint is a governor on the Chris Olave output. I don't care about Michael Thomas because I wasn't drafting Michael Thomas. I have no interest in Michael Thomas. Again, he's a yards per target comedian, but it's bad for Olave. Because Derek Carr is not right. Cooper Cup is right, though. I mean, Cooper Cup, seven catches, 148 yards, a touchdown, 38% target share. He's back! He's back! So I'm very happy to have Cooper Cup back. Many think I don't like Cooper Cup because I did not fully appreciate him as a, an NFL draft prospect. Okay, fine. Think that. All right? Think that. But the, the, the return of Cooper Cup was a, a, a pillar in our thesis. To put Puka Nakua on the block, see what you can get in trade. And now everyone that recently acquired Cooper Cup, there's been a few of these trades. There's been a few of these godfather trades that have happened. People just, they can't watch anymore. They can't watch anymore Puka Nakua. They can't do it. They have to go get him. They're just so impressed. He's so amazing. He's breaking all these records, these rookie receiving records. Godfather deals are happening. Whatever it takes to get Puka Nakua. And then you look up and you realize, uh, whoops, right? There's no one that traded for Puka Nakua recently who feels good about what they saw in week six. Now, just one week. And listen, he, he still got targets. And, and, and he's, in the week before, he had 20 fantasy points. He's going to have plenty of weeks. He's good, But you cannot deny that when you look up and you see, oh, that's right, in his second week back, Cooper Cup is blotting out the sun. 
and Pukunakua is resting in the shade. Fair to the savvy sports bettors, fair to the Sharps, unfair to the players. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling is out there, I don't care. Tyrod, hey! But the Bills thought enough of him to draft him in the first round, so that's what matters. Chuba Hubbard doesn't belong on this list, and Zach Charbonnet does. So the biggest objection was, you have Chubber, you have Chubbard. <laughs> you have Chuba Hubbard on this list over Zach Charbonnet, Chuba Hubbard doesn't belong on this list, and Zach Charbonnet does. <laughs>